This is the You Belong Podcast, a podcast for all photographers where we throw out competition in comparison and instead embrace community and growth. We have the ability to learn from each other, and this podcast does just that. I'm Allison Hatch. Join us each episode because you belong. Welcome back, guys. I am so glad that you're joining me today on our part two of the Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. We're diving deep in thoughts and interpretations and exercises of creativity. This is going to be, I thought I would do a longer series with this book, but I feel like this is um, going to be the end. We're just going to do these two parts. So if you are really resonating with things that I talked about and that Rick had talked about in his book. I highly recommend you buy it and get it anywhere. Um, So yeah, let's dive in. I am skipping a big chunk and jumping to inspiration. We're going to be talking about the actual method of creating a little bit more specifically. In the beginning, we talked about how to be an antenna for the source, how to be in tune with the universe, how to filling up our vessel, the filter, and those kinds of things. And now that we have the source and we're connected to it, how do we start creating? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's jump into inspiration. So inspiration Latin means breathe in or breathe into. For the lungs to draw in air, they must be empty, right? You've got to breathe out so you can breathe in. And inspiration by Rick's way is the exact same. For the mind to draw in inspiration, it needs space to welcome the new. And we talked about methods and practices of being in tune with the source And this is very similar, that you need to have a place of being able to receive. So to be able to have a place to receive, you have to have a bit of a void and for that inspiration to have a place to land. So meditation again, journaling again, time in nature again, whatever exercise, whatever it is for you that you need to create that absence or that void for the inspiration to have a place to fill, do it. (laughs) Make it so. Um, I just, we just a couple weeks ago did a podcast with Rachel Larson Weaver and we talked a lot about journaling and I journal almost every single day for a lot of reasons. But one of them is it just it's not anything that I write that is inspirational or profound. It's just emptying, emptying the mind. Um, Our brains are so busy. Our lives are so busy. And being able to just calm and create a a silence for me is what it is, um, is beneficial in so many ways. So if you have a practice like that, that allows you to find that space to be able to receive inspiration, you're one step ahead already. If not, make it so. Um, and we all know what it lo- it's like to feel inspiration. Let's, so it's just that like, <gasps> moment. 
like, oh my gosh, moment. Like you're uh, either you're stopped by it or you are obsessed with it or it gives you this massive jolt of energy and you like it so much that you're magnetized to it and you want to get more of it. So we've all hit that inspiration, but it's not something that you can just create. It is something that comes to you when it's ready. Um, but there are ways to help it come. We can't rely on inspiration solely. It comes and goes when it wants. It's completely out of our control, it feels like. But being able to create that silence, create that void for inspiration to come is one way to invite it to happen to you more often. Another thing that's very similar to inspiration that Rick talks about is epiphanies. I don't have these very often. Okay. I'll be honest. I just get like, Oh, that's so pretty. I really love that. Or I just, you know, I'm attracted to this and I want more of it. I don't get this like light bulb above my head kind of a moment epiphany. Um, and if you do good for freaking you, I think that is so awesome. And if you have any ideas how to do that more, please leave in the show notes. I would love to hear in the comments. Um, but epiphanies, he says, it are hidden in ordinary moments. And to increase these occurrences, you need to change up your habits or look for differences or noticing things, recognizing things, finding the awe behind the obvious. When he was going into this, I automatically thought of a child. So children, have, everything is so new to them. And they don't have any preconceived notions. And we talked about this in the last episode, having this childlike curiosity, this childlike wonder. And this is the same thing. It's continued over into a, if you, okay, let's just do an example. Take your kids to the park. My kids are older. This has been a long time since I've had to toddle around with my kiddos to make sure that they're safe on the playground. So if you have, but you probably have this normal way of going to the playground. You go to the same playground, you do the same things. If your child's really small, you follow them around to make sure that they're safe. If they're older, you sit down on a bench because heck yeah, you need a break from them for a second and you just kind of tune out. So how... Rick would suggest that you would do the same habit, but looking at it differently. Go down the slides with your kids, swing with your kids, or not play on your phone. Notice and listen. Let's see what the pe people are doing. People watch or listen for different sounds or notice different interactions between the children or the colors that you see. Whatever it is, just creating a different habit around your everyday to be able to invite those inspirations and epiphanies in. When they do, Rick calls them seeds. So seeds are, we're, it's the collecting phase of creativity. Like the inspiration, the epiphanies are these little seeds and we collect them all the time. I try to write them down. I have been advised by mentors to write down when these things happen. And I highly suggest you do it too. Because when we get a seed, we're not necessarily ready to act on it instantly, right? Like we're making dinner or we're doing a school pickup or we're talking with clients or we're doing emails and we just don't have time to deal with the seed then. So consider these epiphanies and the inspiration 
as a seed collection basket. And you're trying to collect these seeds into this basket and to however you collect that, whether it's a sketchbook or screenshots on your phone or, you know, writing it down in your memos in your phone or on a piece of paper or in an actual booklet, something like that to collect your seeds is going to be so beneficial in the creative process. Um, and when you're first collecting seeds, they don't require much effort. Um, you're just recognizing them. You're putting them in a place that you want to keep them safe. But something you should recognize and remember is that these seeds are the source. The source that we talked about in part one, the universe, the creative energy of the universe is out there saying, hey, you are ready. I am so excited to work with you. Let's do this together. And I think that's so awesome. So if you could at least give yourself that little bit of connection to the universe, that connection to the creative energy, connection to the source. It's just going to make yourself feel so much better, make yourself feel more of an artist because you are, and that the process is worth your time and energy. Okay, you have your seeds. You got your little basket of all your little seeds. And some people have lots of seeds. They come to them a lot. And some people only have one. So now we're going to deal with our seeds. And the way Rick wants you to do that is through experimentation. So playing around with your ideas, not having that preconceived notion, keeping that curiosity, so, um, for instance, one of my seeds, what a while ago was to do a self portrait series every month. I didn't necessarily know exactly what it was supposed to look like. I just knew that I really needed to do it for X, Y, Z reasons. And so I would just say, okay, I'm an analog film photographer, so I'm going to do it on film, but how? Like there's so many different rules that can be broken with film. There's also so many perfect ways of doing film. What did I want to do? What did it feel like in the moment was what it was for me. So I decided I was going to do it. I would bust out my camera and my choose my film stock and then what I wanted to do. My very first one, I decided to do a roll of double. So I did a blind double. I shot a roll of flowers and then I reloaded it and shot myself with a black backdrop and had no idea what each shot was because I didn't even write it down and let go what happened just kind of it was playing it was super fun I didn't even know if any of them would turn out and that wasn't really the point the point was just playing around and experimenting and I did that each and every month, um, I really found that I liked to lean into double exposures. I even messed around with Instafilm cameras and all kinds of things. And it was just a lot of fun to play. So when you're experimenting with your seeds, just remember that anything goes. There really isn't any rules. The seed has a notion of what it wants to become, but it wants to do it with you. So you are working together to make it grow into whatever it's supposed to become. So let yourself try different things. And if things don't work, try something else. Don't give up on it. If a seed that you are working with isn't really turning out the way that you want, or it doesn't have that spark or energy anymore, it is absolutely okay to put it down and pick up another one. Or it's okay to have multiple seeds at a time. Or 
it's okay to have laser focus on one. Sometimes when I have a project, even a creative project, and this isn't always good for me, but maybe it is for other people. It's like, I just got to get this finished. I just want to get this finished. I have this idea. I have this plan. I know what it's supposed to turn out like, and I know I can do it. So I'm just going to get her done. And that can also be really great too, if that's the way that you focus on, on things and let the rest of the world just fall away and your kids can manage themselves or your job isn't demanding and you can just get on with the project and make it happen um, or you take your time. Photo Native is back, y'all. Picture a gorgeous house in the hills of sunny North County, San Diego. 13 photographers who value creativity and community, two days of collaborative learning, a film, creative techniques, and more. Peer-reviewed portfolios, stylized shoots, and making new friendships that will help support you in your photography journey. Join us April 27th and 28th. Tickets go on sale next week. Head to my website, allisonhatchphoto.com backslash photo dash native for more info. Hope to see you there. Something that Rick also points out is that not every seed will grow. And that's true with gardening. I mean, it's a really cool um, analogy. I'm a gardener. And last year I did stuff from seed. I didn't start early enough. I didn't start my seeds inside. So I was like, man, I'll just throw them in the ground and see what happens. And I made sure that, that it was warm enough and that they were watered all the time. So they were nice and moist so that they could germinate and, and so on and so forth. I had a lot not come up, which didn't make sense. Like they're all the same seeds from the same company and I'm doing the exact same thing. I planted them at the depth and the space that they were supposed to, but not all of them came up. And it's just because not all of them are are good seeds, I guess, or that they just aren't wanting to grow. And that's okay. So you shouldn't get frustrated by that, um, but to move on to a different seed. Rick also points out that excitement tends to be the best measure for what seeds to experiment with. If you're really excited about something, you got that inspiration or that epiphany, and you just really are like, oh, yes, this is it. I found it. This is what I really want to work on. And just to follow that energy. A lot of creativity is about the energy, right? We're opening up ourselves to be able to receive energy from the universe, receive the source, to recognize it, and to just continue through with that energy, being curious about it and letting it evolve the way that it needs to evolve through you. Um, so stay with it. If the play brings delight, is energizing, you want more of it, so lean in. Follow your heart. I want to read this real quick about experimentation. In the experimentation phase, we plant the seed, water it, and gave the resulting plant time to grow in the sun. We let nature take its course. Now in this third phase, we are bringing ourselves to the project to see what we can offer. This is one reason the boundary between experimentation and the craft phases, which I'm going to talk next, isn't a linear progression. We often move back and forth between the two because sometimes what we add isn't as good as what nature is bringing. When we realize this, we stop and go back to where nature left off. Whereas the experimentation phase is about what the seed has to offer, now we are applying our filter, reviewing the totality of our experience in the world and searching for connections. What does this remind us of? What can we measure it against? What does it relate to that we've noticed over the course of our lives. So the experimentation phase 
morphs into the craft phase, the labor phase. <laughs> so um, this is the building phase. If you want to look at it as the experimentation phase was the drawing of the outlines, it, the crafting phase is the coloring it in, right? And the coloring in can be really fun too, but it gets tiring. Your hand gets tired from all the coloring. It can get laborious. It's, it's labor intensive and can get a little draggy. So um, it's the least glamorous part. It There's less magic in it and there's a lot more specifics. This is where creatives can get stuck or stop altogether because it's just not as freaking fun. It just isn't. So if you are one of those creatives that you have all these ideas all the time and you start and then never finish anything or rarely finish things, this is a great place for you to be more self-aware of your creative process, that the crafting phase is not your favorite, but you can do it. You can figure out ways to get through it, reward yourself through it, or give yourself deadlines, or have a craft buddy, you know, have somebody in the creative process with you that you can be accountable to. Um, community, I'm all for community. So community is always such a great thing to help you out when you are feeling, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, this is the part you need to just keep going through. I had a neighbor when I lived in Cleveland. Her name's Melissa. I will link her in the show notes because she's her art is incredible. She is an artist full time. She um, does mixed mediums, encaustic, oil, acrylic, all of it. And, um, that was it. She didn't have any other job. She didn't have any other fallback or any sort of other source of income. And so she had to craft all the time. She had to create work so work could be sold. This was an actual tangible process. And she would say, oh, I don't want to do it today. But she would put on her gear and she would go down into her basement because that's where she did it. Um, and I would see her with her rubber boots on and her, you know, her respirator mask because she works with a lot of chemicals outside taking a break sometimes. And I know that her process wasn't always glamorous. She would have times of inspiration because her work did evolve over time. Um, like I have a piece of hers in my house and it looks totally different than what it does now, her work now. So she has had that inspiration, those epiphanies along the way, gathering those seeds, but she had to really dig deep when it came to the crafting process. Another thing to recognize here, if you are lucky enough, you don't actually have to do the crafting yourself. Andy Warhol, Frank Lloyd Wright, Julie. They all had ideas and were able to draw the outline and other creatives were able to color it in. So that is something to note. I think in my community that's listening here, we're not really that luxurious to be able to have an entourage like Frank Lloyd Wright did <laughs> or Andy Warhol um, to be able to create the seed for us. But it just can be a collaborative effort, maybe. We could take that knowledge of I'm stuck, help me get through this, um, and collaborate to get your art to come to fruition. All right. So if you are stuck, like we talked about before, you need to be able to create momentum. You need to be able to, 
to tap into that energy ever so slightly. It's not going to be exactly the same as before, but be to be able to continue your momentum. You can create a deadline. That's good. It just not having things happen unless I said, okay, I'm going to do it on this date. This is before I have done anything for it. And I'm going to put out on this date and then I usually announce it. So if you see me announcing something on Instagram or my newsletter, you can like giggle that Allison has actually done nothing for it. But I do it. It's a great way for me. I know in my mind how to do it. I just haven't actually done any of the things yet. It's a great way to be held accountable and to get a project finished. Um, another thing to, that Rick notes is if you stay in the crafting phase for too long with a single project, you may get disconnected from it. Um, let me read on page one. Excuse me. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. Art is a reflection of the artist's inner and outer world during the period of creation. Extending the period complicates the artist's ability to capture a state of being. The result can be a loss of connection and enthusiasm for the work over time. So if you're like been sitting with the same painting for too long, my mother's a painter. That's one of hers behind me. Um, sometimes when she sits with the painting for too long, she'll put it aside. And then if she never picks it back up again, she'll paint over it. She's like, nope, this wasn't supposed to happen. She did. She gets disconnected from that seed, from that beginning phase. That's not always necessarily a bad thing. It means that it just wasn't meant to be. But if you are the kind of person who is a perfectionist, that you have a hard time making decisions, um, if you get heavily influenced by other people, you listen to other people's um, feedback too much, you just sit in self-doubt a lot, hanging out with the same project for too long is not good. Done is better than perfect. And no art is perfect. And the more you do your art, the better you will get at your craft. Technically, yes. So let go. Just get her done, son. <laughs> That's what I say to my family a lot. Just get her done. Um, I also wanted to point out another thing that came to my mind, which is kind of funny when I was reading this. Um, sometimes when a seed comes to for, comes to us and we start working on it, we realize that the technical ability to get the seed to come become art. We just don't have it yet, all of it at least yet. The seed comes to us when it's supposed to. So just remember that with this story, okay? So George Lucas, everybody knows George Lucas. He, Star Wars. I am a Star Wars kid. I'm that old. I grew up with Star Wars. I'm not scared to admit that I'm a bit of a nerd. And Star Wars was obviously a mega, mega hit for a lot of reasons. So we had the beginning three stories, right? Well, the trilogy, not really the beginning of the story. And George Lucas knew that, but he didn't want to make the beginning of the story because he didn't technically have the ability to tell the story the way that he wanted to. So he went back. What was it? Golly, 20 years later or longer um, and made the first three movies. And they sucked. He also went in and changed things about the original three, the, th the original trilogy, like adding in different animals digitally and adding scenes digitally with people and things. And 
it was not good. And George Lucas is a freaking genius and it was not good. So something to remember is if the seed comes to you, even though the technical ability isn't there yet, follow through, follow through with it. There's a reason why it's there. It's a reason. There's a reason why it came to you. Even if you feel like I'm not the best photographer, painter, writer, whatever, -er, do it. Just let the seed grow and finish it out through you. Point of view. This is getting to the end. Um, the goal of art isn't to attain perfection, but to share who we are and how we see the world. Art allows us to see what we are unable to see, but somehow already knew. Oh my gosh, I love that. Let me read it again. Artists allow us to see what we are unable to see, but somehow already new. Have you ever just come across an artist's work and you just, you just, it takes your breath away. You see yourself in it somehow. You resonate with it. You connect with it. That is the point of art. The point of art isn't perfection. We are able to create perfection. Technically we have Photoshop. We have 3d printers. We've got all kinds of tech that can create quote unquote art perfectly. But that's not the point of art. The point of art is to connect from the artist's feelings to the receiver and the receiver's heart. And we don't need to be perfect. We are attracted to the shared human experience and the shared human experience is super imperfect. None of us have perfect lives. None of us make perfect art. Um, you may think somebody makes perfect art, but if you really look at it, there are imperfections. We actually are drawn to imperfections. We don't like things too perfect. So I, we, we just, that's just something that is so important to me. It's the, the driving factor, number one for me, the reason why I make art is because I have something within me that needs to come out. I have something that I need to say. I have something I need to do. Um, I don't always share my art because sometimes it's just a personal thing for me, but sharing it is the extension of it. And hopefully maybe they don't, maybe no one ever connects with it, but maybe somebody does. And maybe that puts a seed inside of them to, of, discovering themselves and then creating their own art or changing their lives somehow and becoming creative and having a bigger life. That's, that means a lot to me. Another thing to remember about art being imperfect is that it doesn't, art isn't supposed to be useful. A painting has no use to me, except that I like to look at it. And this reminds me of my children at the beach in a time when my kids were littler. Um, and it reminds me of the feeling as of being at the ocean and the sun and the waves and the way they sound and the cool breeze on me. Um, things that are created can be perfect, but it's not, can be useful, but it's not art. A KitchenAid, <laughs> super useful, super great invention. Whoever invaded, invented it was very creative, but it's not quote unquote art. Maybe if Andy Warhol took a KitchenAid and did something with it and it's no longer useful, then it would be art. So to wrap all of this up, be in tune with the source, create a space for yourself to be able to receive it, 
Um, understand that you're a vessel and don't fill yourself up with things that are unnecessary. Make sure to leave room for the source and those seeds to be able to get through your filter and to change your filter by being curious and playful all the time. When you have those seeds, make sure and collect them and um, store them for when you're ready to work on them. Have fun when you're working on your seeds. Let experiment and play. And if you really got good gotten down and good with a seed that you need to push through um, and keep going. Even if you don't have the technical ability, if you don't feel like it's perfect, keep going so you can actually get it out there and share it with the world because we want to connect with others. Great art is created through freedom of self-expression and received with freedom of individual interpretation. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. I really hope that you guys pick up this book. It's a really great book with these teeny tiny chapters in it. So it's a really easy, it's a really easy read to just kind of like gain a little bit of creative nugget information every day for yourself and keep you on your creative journey. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're you. And we will talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.